Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jacobin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com, and it is hump day, and the heat is on here in the Valley of the Sun uh, going to be a hundred and ten today. Going to be a hundred and thirteen degrees plus. Uh, Friday, Saturday. Uh, get ready, man. Put the sunscreen on. Here's the good news: the golf courses are empty. Here's the bad news: you got to be darn near crazy to be out there. Uh, I actually stuck in around yesterday. I got to get ready. Got to got to get acclimated. Uh, it was. Three hours. That's how fast. So around a golf, and just in the course of like a month, went from like five hours to three hours because uh, nobody's dumb enough but me to be out there. Uh, me and a couple of buddies of mine. Here's the bad part: is earlier, well, late last week, we we, we play in this thing on Friday. We call it the gaggle. We had no idea it was going to be 113 degrees out on Friday. And uh, so uh, the, uh, the heat stroke, this isn't even the heat stroke open. It just happened on accident. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know if uh, if we're going to be brave enough. Jason, uh, you may have to uh, yeah, start carrying the show all by yourself. I may not survive it. You know, it's interesting. So, so, what do you do when you're out there in the heat? Do you do you apply sunscreen regularly the whole time you're out there, or do you just put it on once? I mean, because you know, like here in Colorado, with the elevation, it can be 85 degrees. You're out in the sun for 50 minutes and you're burned. Yeah. So you know, just like anything else, right? You you go out obviously before the rounds are uh, in the parking lot. You, you hose yourself down. And then at the turn, you probably give yourself another spritz. And then if you feel like, oh, man, I feel like, you know, maybe you missed the spot. You'll know if you missed the spot. And, uh, yeah, apply as needed. I don't think there's uh, a, a way to over-apply, if you know what I'm saying. But yesterday was really, it started out really nice. Because, it, you know, it was not 110 degrees yet. But as when we made the – it was about the 11th hole. I looked at my buddy and I said, is it me or did it just get hotter? And he was like, oh, no, it got hotter. And I, I will say that uh, the the last couple of holes, I was like, man, I'm really glad this is about over because it's getting hot. <laughs> oh. Well, there you go, and you know what? We don't have that serious hot, but we have the elevation, so I'd say that that's why we have it's to worry all, about the listen, burning. Listen, the sun is dangerous, uh, just as like you said, eighty-five degrees up there. Uh, you better have that sunscreen, on, especially if the sun is out. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that that that's our weather and our sports. <laughs> Did you see all these golfers? Uh, bailing out on the, on the PGA Tour and, and going to, uh, the new Saudi Golf League. Well, I guess they, they call it the Saudi League. Some, some Saudi prince is handing out hundred million dollar checks because, well, let's face it, oil at 120 some dollars a barrel. Uh, he's like, oh, I, I just, I made that yesterday. So, uh, it's only one day's worth of pay. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, DJ Dustin Johnson, uh, today, uh, DeChambeau, 
uh, Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson, all these guys are bailing because uh, they're like, hey, these guys are going to pay us more money, and gas is expensive, I guess. Yeah, you know, actually, I was going to say, Joe, uh, another day, another record high gas price in America. <laughs> that, that, man, I, man, it's like every day, right? I got bad news. I, I don't want to have bad news, so uh, we got inventory data out. Uh, there was a build, which was great. Uh, the problem was they, they, they've got the pumps at the Strategic Oil Reserve working overtime. Uh, over 7 million barrels uh, taken out of the Strategic Oil Reserves. Stockpiles in Cushing fell. Uh, the, the problem was, on top of it, the UAE came out. And this is what I've been telling everybody, it, it, and, I, and I like that. Yeah, I know it's hard to hear sometimes, but, but I like the fact that I'm giving you what you need to know so you can be prepared. The UAE, uh, outside of Saudi Arabia, they're the next biggest Middle East oil country out there. And, and again, once again, another country that's no fan of the United States. Uh, they came out and said, we're nowhere near peak oil prices, saying that the pace of consumption uh, is continuing to grow, and they're saying China's not even close to being back yet. Remember, China's just reopening. China is going to come with more consumption. We're already lagging almost 2.6 million barrels a day. And then he threw that in. He goes, and that's a lot. Yeah, you think? Uh, by the China gets back up and running, that could be almost 4 million barrels a day. Uh, and, and again, you already know, right? We're, we're going to see oil prices uh, at new record highs this summer. Uh, a lot of people think we're going to have 140 barrel oil before the end of the month. Uh, right now, oil is sitting uh, right Right between one hundred and twenty, one hundred and twenty-one dollars a barrel. Brent at one twenty-two. Remember the Saudis, Jason. They just add six and a half dollars to whatever they say the spot price is. Exactly, Joe. And you also forgot to mention that this is the first uh, American summer uh, in a couple of years without mask mandates and vaccine mandates. So everyone wants to drive around and go somewhere and do something, right? Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you about unleaded gas consumption. And, and unfortunately, it means prices are going higher again. We'll talk about that when we get back. Welcome back here, 800 So really quickly, Jason was talking about gasoline demand. Now, lately, let's just take, you know, the last six weeks or so. We've been at the lower end of demand you know, when they, they, you know, throw out the COVID year, the five-week moving average. But over Memorial Day, uh, we, we, like Jason said, people want to get out. They want to get moving. Uh, gasoline demand shot up, uh, which not a, obviously to be expected, but it shot up to, to the point where demand over the Memorial Day, over the five-year average, was right Right where it should have been. So no demand destruction yet, Jason, which means you know, going higher. Right, and you said uh, if China joins in uh, being completely not locked down, that's going to push that even higher, right? 
Right, yeah, and that's the other part. I think to what the UAE had to say was, oh, by the way, uh, get ready. China's, <laughs> yeah, they're just starting here. Wait, wait, give it another, give it another month and China's demand's gonna be back, which just means, uh, we're already, uh, in deficit. So what the Saudis are saying, the world, as, as, as the, the Saudis and, uh, UAE, the world as a whole, is losing 3 million barrels of crude oil a day. And eventually, right, the stock, I mean, we can't take 7 million barrels out of the strategic oil reserve every every week. We can't do it. We can't. Eventually, what's going to happen, There's the strategic oil reserve, there will be none in it. I mean, it's already the lowest since the 80s, uh, and, and continuing to get lower. And, and here's the other bad part, is I want to say at the end of September, so think about, you know, summer driving season, right? So we know people are going to be on vacation. People are going to be driving June, July, August. You know, September, back to school starts. Right as that demand is going to fall off a little bit, that's when uh, the end of the strategic reserve happens, right? Because at a certain point, you're like, okay, that's about as low as we can go. Uh, and so I don't even know it, it. I don't know that even come fall that we're necessarily going to get that much relief if we stop pulling from the oil reserve. Right, yeah. I, I don't know, Joe. It's, uh, it seems like energy consumption worldwide is just growing. It just grows every year anyways. And so... Uh, if that's going to continue on, as, as the population still seems to be growing, uh, at least from what I've seen, then that how would it go down? I guess, yeah, I guess during the, the summer months you use less, but it, then, of course, then you have to heat everything. You know, uh, the, the southern hemisphere has to heat up when the northern hemisphere is uh, cooling down and, and vice versa. So really, I, I don't, you know, it, it's, just, it's kind of like a whole lot of uh, half a dozen of one and six of another, right? You, you, you're going to need more more energy for more people, and uh, I don't know, Joe. Where, where are we where are we headed? You know, I you see the lockdowns uh, for coronavirus, and I'm starting to wonder what that really was about. I saw something about that that we'll talk about later, but uh, very very strange what's going on in the world and how uh, uh, we've had we've had, we've had demand. I mean, I remember back when, uh, gosh, how many years ago was it, Joe? When I think uh, here in Colorado, the gas prices got to four bucks. That was like the highest I ever saw three three ninety nine. Point nine nine. They wouldn't touch that four dollar, and that was back in what two thousand eight or something or two thousand seven. Yeah, remember we had that we had that spike there in oh eight. It only lasted not even not even a few weeks. Right, and that, and 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 then it was just there for for that one summer, that one chunk of time. Well, it seems to me that they could probably do the same thing. Yeah, they should be able to control this thing, but it's it's not happening. So something has changed from having a spike one time years ago to where this is not just a spike. It's just continuing to go higher and higher. And I know with the inflation and all the other aspects of this, it just seems like, Joe, that some, you know, as, as we've been saying, something's getting ready to happen. Something big is going to happen, and they need to have an excuse for everything. Yep, yep, yep. Got gold up again here. Uh, gold's up almost 10 again today. Uh, 1857 and rising. Silver. Third day in a row now over 22. So silver uh, right here at this resistance level. Uh, and if Jason's right, man, we, we could see 
both gold and silver here because they're both close to these, you know, resistance points. Uh, they break through these things, and uh, we're going to end up with much higher prices. Jason, I'm going to give you the choice. we got three places to go. You decide which one we're going to go first. Consumer debt. Credit Suisse. Out with a warning about bank losses. Or mortgage applications. <laughs> Those are pretty good. Uh, you know what? Let's start with the first one. I like the third one. I want to do, I want to do the, uh, the the mortgage a second, but let's let's do the first one. All right, so consumer, consumer debt. debt yep. Yes. So how is all of us paying for all this stuff, right? Well, apparently, now, the, now remember, I want to, again, we know the number right now. It's June 8th. They already know May's number, but no, that's not how they like to operate, right? This is an April number. And this is a number released by the Federal Reserve. So, uh, I, you know, almost with the greatest, okay, they massaged the you-know-what out of this number. But here's what they said. So March saw all-time record high jumps in consumer debt month over month in the history of the report. So, again... Already in March, there were signs that inflation was starting to bite. April, well, it didn't set the all-time record, uh, but again, another huge surge month over month in consumer debt. Uh, they they were expecting so so March. They were expecting an increase of twenty-five billion. It was fifty, almost fifty-two and a half billion. April, they're like, okay, it's not going to be that bad. It's going to fall down. You know, it's only going to be like $30 billion. Nope. Another $38 billion of consumer debt, non-revolving credit. This is student and car loans. That number rose by $21 billion. By the way, that was the sixth highest level on record. The stunner, though was what they called revolving credit. So that's your credit cards. So think about this. Student loans, car loans, you know, there's the big four. There's mortgages, right? Then there's student loans, then there's car loans, and then there's credit cards. So they said, listen, student loan, car loans, skyrocketing. And it's kind of interesting because, as we know, car sales have been collapsing so, once again, uh, too many people go into college, and even that number's been falling, but the numbers, you know, uh, again, keep rising. Credit cards, though, rose by the second highest level on record. By the way, the highest level on record was March, where uh, credit card debt, debt jumped $26 billion. Add, Jason, another $18 billion in April. And uh, they're saying that uh, credit card debt has now broke an all-time record high, the first time ever that as a country, U.S. credit card debt, now over $1.1 trillion, Jason. If you can't get your 
monthly bills and your daily expenses paid for with your normal income, then you have to either sell stuff or you have to charge it and say, hey, I'll get on top of that later. You know, kind of, kind of interested how the uh, the pawn shops. Why do I feel like the pawn shops are seeing an uptick in sellers to them as we are getting more people selling gold and silver to us because people need to get you know they got to make those ends meet, right? Yeah, and here here's the problem. What they're saying is from the middle class now down, the credit cards are now maxed. So. Uh, this is going to be a huge problem. Again, we, we talk about what's coming. Think about what we're just talking about. Crude prices, oil prices, gas prices, heating prices, electric bills, power bills, utility bills, water bills, car insurance bills, all this stuff. All, none of those are done rising. Yet, America's out of money outside of the, the wealthy. They're out of money. I bet small business. Again, this is small business loans. Are, I bet small business loans are probably up too, right? Yeah, uh, my guess is they're down. My guess is, my guess is small business loans. My uh, this just be guessing. Banks are stopping lending. That's uh, my guess. Okay, well that That's makes my sense. Guess. Yeah, okay. That's what I think. <laughs> I, I I haven't seen it yet. Let's let's watch that. We, you know, we we heard warnings from J.P. Morgan. We heard warnings from Goldman Sachs. Remember what Jamie Dimon said about the hurricane that's coming? And, oh, by the way, you know, he didn't say it the way I said it. But essentially what he says is, uh, yeah, our lending standards, yeah, they're basically, if if you don't need it, maybe we'll lend it to you. Otherwise, forget about it. That's right. Uh, speaking of that, Credit Suisse, Europe's largest bank, these problems are all coming back, saying that they have cut their guidance. They expect a, they issued a third quarter profit warning that it may actually report a loss in the second quarter as their banking division was hit by quote unquote market volatility. Uh, but the biggest warning inside of this, Jason, is the pigs are back. There is now worries in the European bond market about Portugal, Italy, Greece, Spain, throw Ireland. It's a double I in the pigs. And here's the problem. What they're saying is, hey, the Europe, the Euro bonds don't make sense because nobody wants to lend money to Portugal, Italy, Greece, Spain, uh, and and uh, the euro bond yields now, Jason, are starting to skyrocket uh, because of it. And now Credit Suisse is warning, hey, uh, yeah, we might be talking about losses. Forget about profits. Say job cuts are on the way. It, and again, I'm worried we're going to go right back to 2008. Yeah, going uh... right back there. They didn't fix these problems. They papered over them. <laughs> The uh, Turkish liras talk about inflation. Seventy-three percent they just hit inflation. <laughs> so that that the lira is, is crashing. You know, you're start. You may start seeing some of these smaller currencies just crashing and being obliterated. Joe, this there's this is such a brew of of, of destruction worldwide that's happening. And is it going to happen gradually and a little bit here and there, or is it, it going to happen all at once, Joe? That's kind of the only thing. Yeah, we're, we're waiting and for. now uh, people are starting to really, you know, what. 
Japan has now become a huge area of concern as well. The, the only saving grace about Japan is most of that Japan, Japanese debt, it's not worldwide, but it's combined. But even today, I mean, Japan, I don't know if they're, they may be down to the fourth largest. I don't know where India is. India's coming uh, to, you know, remember it used to be Japan was the second largest economy, then China took over. Uh, they're getting ready to fall to number four, but it's still a $5 trillion economy. Uh, people are saying uh, that that Japan is starting to have issues. This whole thing, uh, this whole house of cards, it's starting to crack. The foundations are cracked. And, and here's the problem. Jamie Dimon knows they're all cracked. And now we got a hurricane coming, and the foundations, uh, they may not be able to hold up, Jason. Yeah, Japan has a, a really bad... Uh... G- uh, GDP to debt, man. So <laughs> they're actually, the, I think the hot one. Actually, there may be a few uh, of industrialized countries. They're by far the worst, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that they've become more of a consumer nation than uh, than other big nations with big economies, Joe. That's not good either. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Man, uh, the yen now uh, the weakest in over two decades. Uh, and they're talking about some scary numbers here. Uh, you know, the yen right now at approaching 135, uh, 135.15, if that does not hold, which, and I don't think it will. Uh, we're, we're, we're probably looking at yen 150 to the dollar. Uh, the, there was a, a period in 1998. This 147.66 level, there's talk that that level falls, that they could go all the way back, which is probably, you know what, this is this makes the most sense to me. Go all the way back uh, to the early 1980s. Remember when Japan kind of rode to prominence, uh, and then in 87 it all fell apart, and they've been on this this, you know, kind of the same pattern the United States has been on. Uh, the, we're talking about a yen that could almost be 300 yen to the dollar. So when we talk about, hey, it's at 135 and people are starting to target numbers this far below, uh, that essentially uh, just, I, I just imagine the inflation because Japan's got to import just about everything. And if all of a sudden, you know, it used to be you needed about 100 yen to the dollar. Now it's 135 yen to the dollar. Now they're talking, hey, listen, we could we could go back to the early 80s and talking about 300 yen to the dollar, Jason. Yeah, no, there's there's nothing that's out of the question at this point. Uh, we're getting ready for a, a great reset you know, just like after World War II, a, mon- a huge mo- monetary reset worldwide, and so uh, you know, just like I said, Turkey. Please get ready. Please yeah. get ready. T- Turkey this seems is- Turkey seems like it's not a big deal, Joe. But when when you have a, a fairly well established country like Turkey going to economic chaos, it's going to affect everybody else. So when you know Joe talked about Japan, Japan's a much bigger problem. This is a, and that's the point. The scale of this problem. Listen to Credit Suisse, because they're telling you, and that's the largest bank in Europe. We can't afford that bank to go under. Can't afford that. Uh, 
right? And all of this stuff, go, this is 08. Think about it. Think about it this way. We're going to revisit 08 because they didn't fix it, right? And I've said, but how long have I said it? Too big to fail. The solution was right in the, in, in the title. Make them smaller. But nope, that's not, nope. Since they didn't fix it, now we're going to go back there. But the difference this time around, Jason, is we're going to go back there with massive inflation on top of it. So think about the wealth destruction that occurred during that time. Remember, it was horrible. What It was absolutely horrible. Right? People decided, okay, I'm going to make my car payment and my credit card payment, not make my mortgage payment. Remember those times? Yeah, it was horrible. And we're going to go right back there. And now I, my fear is, you know what, I, I can't make my mortgage payment or my car payment because things are going to be so bad. Uh, news just breaking. Trifigaria. Trifigoria, however you pronounce it. We've talked about this company once before. They are the world's largest commodity trader in the world, period. It's not even close. We talked about them. Remember the nickel crisis. Uh, We talked about them then. They uh, sounded the alarms uh, to the Financial Times yesterday saying that the global economic turmoil is just getting started and calling that that, uh, Jamie Dimon's uh, hurricane warning and unintended consequences, they're now saying that this is going to happen within the commodity markets, and they talked about the following, wheat, oil, gas, and other major commodities, and they are warning now about oil especially, saying that a parabolic move, one in which prices accelerate exponentially to the upside, and saying that oil prices, they're they're not, you know, maybe, Kinda, likely, uh uh-uh, all but assured $150 a barrel or more is coming in the next couple of months and that the things may actually go parabolic. We're seeing high energy prices for a period of time that only can end one way. With massive demand destruction, it will be problematic to sustain uh, the levels of global growth, and everybody needs to get prepared. So there you have it, Jason. You know, I saw this uh, this video last night, and uh, it's very interesting. Uh, everything you're talking about, and we, you know, 2020, man, no one's going to forget 2020 and, and, the, and the shutdown of the entire planet, right? And then uh, this year, yeah, well, China. You know, I understand. Everyone knows China is a different uh, government. You know, their their uh, you know their their government is much more stringent and controlling of their people than ours. 
But just China shut down. You know, Australia didn't shut down. You didn't have Europe or Russia. Or anything. It was China that shut down. And this thing I was watching, Joe, it, was, it has a, a metric. You know, they have a, a metric for social unrest. And I was looking at their chart. And on the chart, it showed social unrest was hitting a, a, a very high level in, in the end of 2019 all over the world. And what you had to you had a, you had a shutdown. And I always, you know, you always scratch your head about COVID and, and all about the vaccines and all about the masks and you know, all the, you know, the back and forth of, you know, what, what's going on and you know, what are people actually dying of. But you had the shutdown economically. Well, wait a minute. What, you know, what, what, what would be a reason to shut down other than, you know, of course, the excuse is a disease. I think, Joe, we're going to shut down this fall or this winter. I think, I think, you know, based off this social unrest number, which... When the when the COVID shutdown happened, the social unrest went way down to the bottom. And now since 2020 shutdown, it's been built back up. It's back to that 2019 level, the social unrest. And now they, you can do it by country or you can do it by the world. They, they showed two different ways. The world level is back up to where 2019 was. China itself, its social unrest, remember Evergrande, Joe? Remember all the economic strife that was going on and there was rioting at banks in China? Maybe that's why they had a COVID shutdown, Joe. Because, hey, when, when people don't have money, they go crazy, don't they? You have riots everywhere. So maybe October, Joe, maybe October is going to be much more than just uh, economic chaos. 800-951-0592. Uh, oil's up another $2 here. One twenty-one fifty, almost one twenty-one fifty. Uh, Brent crude, 122.50. Uh, natural gas, now we're talking about just under $10 now. So, uh, natural gas right now, 970 wholesale. Uh, unleaded gas, uh, 420. And again, that's wholesale. So add plus, 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 uh, to, to everything out there. Uh, the Dow is down, not a, not a ton, but uh, the Dow is is negative as well. Uh, it, and again, here's the problem. So, what was Trifugaria trying to say? And the answer really is simple. Hey, we know how this ends, right? Which is prices are going to get so high, everything's going to crash. So the problem is, and so then they said, listen, we're warning about parabolic moves to the upside. Because they know, hey, we for the problem for them is they don't know when it's going to crash. So nobody's going to be out, you know, trying to short this market yet. But they also don't want to have all this money out there because I think, Jason, what we're going to see is this huge spike that nobody's even thought of. Followed by, and what we talked about, there's only one way out of this, demand destruction, period. Which means what? That doesn't mean, uh, oh, oh, things are just going to slow down doesn't mean that that that's not demand destruction it doesn't mean by oh maybe a mild recession Mm -mm. nope that's not what we're talking about here 
This is something, and Jason and I have been very clear on this. Right, This is going to be a depressionary event. I think we're going to have... It's going to be different catalyst than 07 and 08. But all the ugliness of that period is coming back. The banks aren't in better position. They didn't shore it up. They pumped them full of money. They reinflated the bubble. When the bubble starts cracking, and maybe it's because, okay, well, you know what? Consumers can't pay their credit cards. They can't pay their auto bills. They can't pay this. They can't. Whatever it is, the derivatives markets and all those other things are all coming home to roost. And when we talk about demand destruction, how about mortgage applications? Just hit a 22-year low. How's that possible? How could it be lower? Than the height of the housing debacle. I mean, right, go back to 06 and 07. Nobody was by. You're telling me mortgage demand last week was worse than it was back then? Jason, this is the type of demand, uh, that, that we're, destruction that we're talking about. And saying that, uh, mortgage applications, uh, which continuing to drop, drop to the lowest level since 2000. Right, Joe. If, if uh, you know, if, if if people aren't buying the homes that they're building, then the building will stop. Right. You know, any, anytime demand for any kind of industry slows, then the, you know the prices. Uh, you get a recessionary type situation. You get a depressionary situation where uh, if, if nobody wants to buy homes for multitudes of reasons, well, that's that's not good for the builders and the builders of homes. That's you know, but besides energy, Joe, uh, you know, home building is one. That's one of the biggest deals to an economy. You got to keep building homes because there's still more people coming, right? Right. And and here's the thing. So we haven't. We we don't know yet. We'll see. We know delinquencies are rising and they're super low yet. But the affordability. What they're saying is people's ability to afford just the median home price which means median by the way in home prices means you're in the lower half of homes you're you're not even you know work, let's call it working middle class homes and lower can't afford them not with the interest not with if you want four hundred thousand dollars with uh, mortgage rates now at over five percent we can't afford that payment. Here's the problem. Mortgage rates are going higher because we're just getting started on the rate hiking cycle. So all of a sudden, do, do it, right now we're seeing it. What's going to happen next? Logic tells me the only thing that really makes sense is prices have to start falling, and if that happens, and then all of a sudden everyone's going to wait until prices start crashing. Here we go, you know, right? And think about it. At the same time, uh, all you know, pri- housing prices are crashing because all of a sudden gas is four dollars. Now it's five dollars, six dollars, seven dollar gas. Diesel's eight dollars, nine dollars. Jason, uh, th- this is again. The, the worst scenario, I think, is going to play out here. 
I, I agree, Joe. I, uh, you know, I, I fortunately, and I, I had teased it on the last segment. I, I think we're going to have a, a shutdown, Joe. I think we're having a, we're going to have another 2020 event. And the reason I think that, Joe, is how do you get the gas prices under control? Lock everyone down. I just, I just, I'm seeing it, Joe. The uh, the civil unrest. I don't know that. You know what? Here's my opinion. I don't think we got. I, I don't think we got to go that far. When gas is seven or eight dollars, people are going to stop driving. Extra Radio News Hour. How much does your portfolio weigh? I can tell you this: it ain't enough. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Just remember, Friday, Friday, we get CPI. Uh, again, uh, that the, that pause, that pause, uh, or the peak, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, be very interesting what that number will be. It's I'm more worried about wait till the following month's uh, number for inflation. Uh, and again, as we're starting to see, at least in housing demand destruction, uh, and just think about what they're what we're talking about these parabolic spikes. Uh, in commodities complexes, uh, which the prices are going to get so incredibly high that you're going to get massive demand destruction, which is code for depression, which is code for bank runs, which is code for insolvency. Uh, the, the signals and all, all these uh, signals are out there for everybody to see. Uh, of course, we're... we're we're being led by the weakest president and the weakest Federal Reserve uh, that the country has seen in a generation. Five, uh, we've got a special today. This is on uh, $5 Liberties, the old $5 Liberties, 1866 to 1907. But these are a, a little nicer. These are AU uh, to CU, so almost uncirculated to choice uncirculated $5 Liberties. They're the same price as our regular five. So our $5 Liberty right now is $610. Uh, so, Jason, an opportunity here to get some really sharp-looking uh, $5 Liberties and not pay any premium. That's 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 what we like when we go up in, into the quality. We want to give you – we already have great quality here, but we want – when we go up and give you better quality, we just don't want you to have to pay for it. We've got a 100 of those $5 AUCU $5 Liberties at $610 today, Jason. Yeah, these aren't these haven't been cleaned. They haven't been heavily circulated because $5 Liberties have circulated much more heavily than a $20 Liberty – and so when you get them in this higher grade and you can get it for the same price, I mean, there's really not much to think about. If you're going to buy fractional gold anyways, might as well get it this way because it's the same price as if we normally sold a $5 Liberty. So it's a great yeah, way to go. Fractional, fractional gold market just absolutely on fire here. Uh, so $610, we got 100 of them available, 800 951 Zero five nine two. As we uh, take one last look here at the markets, uh, gold's up ten here, eighteen fifty seven. Uh, silver's at twenty two twenty. Uh, the Dow is down not a ton, but the Dow's down about sixty points. Crude oil uh, up about two dollars and ten cents right now, one twenty one fifty. Uh, on crude oil and and again, Jason, I think we're going to see 
uh, a, another this this next leg up in energy prices. Uh, we're going to see natural gas over ten. Uh, we're going to see crude oil over one thirty. Uh, we're going to see unleaded gas like Arizona get ready for six. Colorado get ready for five. Right, California get ready for eight, uh, and throw diesel on top of that. Yeah, we're almost at five already. But I, I, I was I didn't get a chance to jump in. But what do you th- what do you think that CPI number is going to be on Friday? What is your what it would be your number? What do you think? That's a great question. I think I, I, I think I'm it's going to be eight point four. Oh, you think I'm it'll be a nine? nine? Really? You think it'll be higher? Yes. Okay. I think it's going to be nine. flat. Depends on depends on where they said gas was at at the time. Because uh. uh, because if, if they get it towards the you know. Towards where it really is, we could see a nine print because uh, uh, shelter was going up again as well. So we'll see what happens. We'll be back 